Citizen M has long been a pioneer in the hotel industry. It claims to have been the first hotel company to focus on affordable luxury lifestyle for a new generation of travelers by building a hybrid hotel that isn't just a place to sleep, but somewhere to work, relax, and play. Creativity, innovation, and disruption are an integral part of Citizen M's DNA, and even a pandemic won't stop that. Listening to stakeholders, developers, and customers, Citizen M heard about the need for a different kind of business model for one of their key consumer groups, the corporate travelers, and decided to launch a global subscription model. A lot of work has gone into launching this first-of-its-kind product in the hotel industry, and as soon as I heard about it, I asked Citizen M's Chief Commercial Officer, Leonard de Jong, to join me for an unconstrained conversation to talk about the objectives and strategy behind it. As Leonard explains it, this is just the beginning of innovative ways to build a tighter relationship with Citizen M's consumers. And I agree. Enjoy episode 23, and don't forget to subscribe. Okay, welcome, Leonard for another Unconstrained uh, Conversation podcast. I'm very excited to have you on, on a very short notice here. Um, appreciate you, you making the time to talk about Citizen M and your uh, newly launched uh, subscription package, specifically for the corporate market, that um, I guess you, um, you announced um, in the last 48 hours or so. So um, that was very quick to get you here on the, on the podcast to have a conversation about that. And the reason why I was so interested to talk about it was because subscription models have obviously been taking off in many other industries. And the hotel industry has talked about subscription models for quite a few years. I had a conversation with the chief commercial officer of one of the big five brands a couple of years back, and we had a brainstorming session about how would a subscription model work in the industry. And, and obviously that never went anywhere. But uh, it is interesting to see that uh, you launched one for the corporate segment. So talk a little bit about what the subscription model looks like and what your thoughts were behind it and um, and give us a little bit more details. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, for having me uh, in the podcast. Um, I think uh, both on the, of course, the negative side, uh, going through this crisis as a, as a healthy uh, company and uh, as lots of healthy, healthy companies going through at the moment. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it it also opens up a lot of uh, possibilities. So, I think you have to see this uh, this corporate subscription that we launched over two axes. Uh, one axis is the axis of uh, possibility, and the other axis is uh, the situation uh, that we see a lot of people, including ourselves, in at the moment. Um, and that's what we what we try to combine. Uh, usually, if you have a conversation with revenue managers. Uh, uh, because they're usually the ones that are pushing back on uh, on subscription. Uh, you're in Aren't a luxury situation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Because you know that's it's it's a typical actually sales versus revenue management discussion, right? Mm -hmm. So sales comes in with a proposal uh, on a fixed price, and then the revenue manager will say, "Well, there's too much displacement of this." So it's always mm -hmm. a displacement discussion. Um, at the moment, there's not so much displacement in the hotel industry. So that is the opportunity. Um, of the you know the negative situation that we're sitting in. There's no revenue manager that's going to say, hey, listen, if you sell for a few hundred bucks a month a subscription and you have to give in a couple of room nights, that's going to be a problem because there's just a lot of uh, room nights uh, uh, currently not sold. Um, the other axis is uh, uh, because the, the, the corporate subscription that we launched is not a all-you-can-stay subscription. It is a subscription that is... Uh, let's say the price of free hotel rooms um, 
and the price of uh, co-working uh, if you would add it up together, but then divide it by two. So it's as cheap as a WeWork package, it's as cheap as three hotel rooms, but you get both. So mm-hmm. it's really for a specific segment. It's the segment mm-hmm. of the, the person that has moved out of the big city, doesn't want to go into the office, doesn't have to go into the office. But sometimes you see it's either four walls approaching, um, you know, has a refurbishment uh, going on uh, at the neighbors or needs to, you know, see some people in the city because life is starting up slowly. Uh, so that's really, you know, the the, and we also think that that person, uh, the people in general, will have a different behavior in the new normal, and that this remote working is going to stay, uh, but that also, you know, there's some side behavior that's starting up on the uh, on the fact that people work remote, and uh, that is that people may might stay in the city a day longer than they uh, normally would. Uh, commute uh, is all of a sudden not so attractive, so. If you give people a motivation, I have the feeling that people actually might stay more in the cities where they live close to. And so on the on the basis of those two opportunities, we uh, yeah, we, we fired up this corporate subscription, which basically comes down to um, uh, you know 550 uh, uh, euros a month. You get free nights, you get free hours of meeting room use, you get unlimited use of our. Uh, uh, our living rooms, uh, which mm-hmm. are perfect uh, to work from as well, uh, our rooftops, uh, and there are some other you know small perks uh, perks in there. Yeah, it's a big, and I'm, I've used Citizen M living rooms uh, many many times in cities uh, for meetings um, for free when I just pop in and uh, have a meeting, but then also get some of your amazing barista coffees um, every time. Um, so so I, I know the concept very well and, and the rooms as well. And I've always loved uh, Citizen M and the concept of what you guys are doing and the innovation you're bringing in. But it's interesting you hear about the target audience and how specific it is. And I've never thought about it that way, the way you're saying people have moved away from the cities, which is, which is true in many cases, um, but now they need to spend some time um, hopefully, they'll need to spend some time in back in the cities when they uh, when they do need to have meetings and when they do need to see somebody for work. So let's put something together that that gives them that opportunity. I think that's uh, an interesting angle that where you have looked at everyone's com- everyone's saying the cities are emptying out, and you've said, well, how can we bring people back into the cities when they need to, right, and take advantage of that. So, so was that driven by customer research, or have you? I mean, how did you actually get to the point where you said this is the this is the target audience, and here is exactly the persona type we're looking at, and and here is how we're going to put this package together? I'm just interested about the the process you went through. Yeah, actually, the process uh, started with us. Uh, I mean, there, there's always small initiatives that are mm-hmm. taking off. There's individual hotels that are, you know, we we also looked at day use and people using hotel rooms for working in the midst of the COVID crisis, and um, you know, so you could see things sparking up, and that's that starts the the creativity uh, flow. Uh, but then it was actually coming from our uh, development and uh, investment side, our managing director in the states, uh, Ernest Lee. Um, he has a complete different angle to this uh, to this industry, even though he understands uh, because he needs to you know uh, do deals with all the different stakeholders within Citizen M. So, in the commercial and operation side, on the the banking side, on the construction side, the design side. But uh, speaking with corporate real estate planners, he realized that there's a new uh, era uh, coming for mm-hmm. you know corporate real estate planning. And uh, in an early stage, we set up uh, a phone call. I think this was actually. Uh, 
end of April, beginning of May, with uh, two very large American companies. And we asked their corporate real estate planners what they thought about the future of their big campuses, their big offices, and uh, how that is going to pan out. And then it became clear to us that these companies, and you know, they're tech companies, so they're, I think, uh, where the banking industry was leading in the 80s and the 90s in terms of employee benefits and dictating the the, the paycheck and everything, and the, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, the second free meals, free meals, and everything else. <laughs> free meals and everything. It's now the tech companies, and uh, now the bank, uh, the banks are following the tech companies uh, when it comes to that. But what became clear is that uh, companies that are currently telling people you have to live in Silicon Valley said, "Yeah, San Diego is also fine." And so they started widening the perimeter. But then we organized some more focus groups, and we found out actually in France, a company that said next year the travel budget is down by 30%, but team meetings is up by 50%. Right? Mm-hmm. So the purpose of travel was going to change. Mm-hmm. And that made us realize that that made us go into this journey. Like, hey, how can we actually set up a product uh, on that? And yeah, one of the things that uh, Citizen M has an advantage is that we're a global company, uh, even though we don't have many locations, we do have uh, targeted locations in all the big cities. Um, and you know we control the entire customer journey. So mm-hmm. we don't have to balance with the, the triangle of uh, the, the ownership, the brand, and the, the asset manager. We are all three. And that makes us able to come out with a position, uh, proposition like this um, that makes you think, oh, oh, this is not just, you know, I live in... Uh, in uh, Brooklyn or I moved to the Hamptons and uh, this is not just for New York, but I can also use it if I, in three months, maybe go to London or, you know, when I'm when I'm going to San Francisco, yeah, Citizen M is opening up and in Washington, D.C. and in Zurich and, you know, all those, all those locations. So we can really roll this out on a, on a, on a global basis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we just iterated through this process uh, and, yeah, it has many... Many hooks, many angles, uh, from fiscal to uh, uh, yeah, financial uh, displacement, uh, uh, you know, legal terms and conditions, all the kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the real basis is, and that's a desire that Citizen M has had for years, is to move away from the transactional relationship to a, a, a customer relationship. And this hotel industry is purely based on transactional relationships, mm-hmm. uh, even mm-hmm. though the, the big brands might completely disagree um but uh yeah we're of the opinion that not a lot of hotels are doing a great effort in uh in in really transacting with customers on a customer relationship yeah every transaction yeah. happens in a pms uh, yeah. on a property level uh, not much happens on a, on a brand level where uber mm. and netflix all these guys are transacting on company level and then yeah that you take a cab in new york uh, I, I got a bill from Uber in the Netherlands because that's that's where I transact. Right, right, right. Oh, so you're seeing this as the beginning of a of a much larger relationship with with your consumers across the board. Is that what I'm hearing? That you're that you're like, well, this could be uh, this could go much wider. We start here, but then we'll we'll branch out into other areas. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't yeah. think uh, you know we uh, there was a Harvard article uh, that I read the other day about the the. Netflix versus the movie studios, um, mm-hmm. you know, the subscription model versus the skimming model, you know, going from uh, uh, the, the openings in the theaters and then the theater screenings and then uh, down to the TV screens. Yeah, and, and you, have the 90 day, you have the 90 days in between launching a movie and having it on Netflix with all these rules around, yeah? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a, that is the... 
the the consideration that uh, you know that that we're going through. How much is it? You know, how much is Netflix and the movie studios different from a subscription model and the hotel industry? Mm-hmm. And um, I think the big difference there is the you know the capacity that we run into. In terms of capacity, in terms of um, well, if, your, if your not, own hotel capacity, your, your own yeah, your own. Uh, you know, I think okay. that's where every uh, if you know Pret a Manger in the UK launched unlimited coffee, but their right. you know right. their supply is unlimited. They have enough right. coffee beans to serve unlimited coffee for twenty right. pounds a month, I believe. If we would sell unlimited rooms for a fixed amount, then uh, you can quickly calculate uh, (laughs) your capacity constraints, right? So, but at the same time, you can also yield on the pricing. So, that is the that is the the difficulty. So, I think we got the perfect first product uh, with the corporate subscription now to test this out. And we're we're going out to the market with this price, but let's say that the market really becomes better, then you can always start yielding on the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really compared it in uh, in Amsterdam uh, at the airport. You have this uh, premium system where you know you could buy a card and then you get your iris scan and then you go through the um, yeah. you know through the through passport uh, control uh, without showing your passport. But there was also a lounge, there's parking, uh, yeah. and they they started with 99 euros, but 10 years later it's 300 euros, and then ah. parking is extra. Yeah. Right, so right. it started yielding on uh, on the price because they were also running into capacity constraints. So that's really mm-hmm. for us a comparable uh, comparable product. Yeah, yeah. So you see, eventually, could you could you see yourself moving into something that is more unlimited um, down the road, um, where you say, well, there's with with some constraints around it, but hey, you you get a subscription, you pay a monthly subscription, and you have unlimited use, either in a city or in an area or I don't know globally, but but maybe more city or area constrained. I don't know. Is that something you could you could see you, you could see happening down the road? Because that's kind of what the industry has been looking at. I know there's a, one company that does that in the vacation rental space, um, Inspirato, that that, that does it uh, twenty five hundred dollars a month, and uh, you get unlimited use, but you can only make the next reservation when you finish your current reservation. So you 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 can only always have one reservation. You can't make unlimited number of reservations. You have to consume one before you can make the next one. Um, oh, that's an interesting one. No, it's absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is going to be uh, aired on uh, Thursday morning, uh, and I, <laughs> I can tell you, we're pretty close to uh, to to actually launching uh, a second uh, corporate subscription and doing a press release. Okay. Uh, not a corporate subscription; it's more a uh, an all-you-can-stay uh, uh, proposition. All right. Okay. But it's it's actually targeting people that, uh, and, and I could tell you because I, I already have some people that are uh, asking for it and that are subscribing right. to it. But it's basically long long stay. Uh, this is not a, or you can stay whenever you want for one night. Mm-hmm. This is more long stay, targeting the people that at least seven nights, uh, you know, blocks of seven nights with a commitment of one month. That's what we're looking for. And those we will, right. uh, okay. you know, charge basically fifty a night, so fifteen hundred a month. And the target there is again: uh, Are you living in New York City and you're wondering why you're paying twenty five hundred dollars a month when <laughs> your boss doesn't care where you are? Then cancel your apartment, check into Citizen M for fifteen hundred a month, fifty a night, excluding the taxes, local tourist taxes. Um, you know, take your next Zoom meeting on the canals of Amsterdam, and you know, next week if you want, take a hike and. In yeah. uh, Seattle, while you're on a uh, on a call with your uh, with your team, and right. that's uh, that is also something that 
Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, it works two ways. So we're looking for a commitment of, on the one hand, customers. So mm-hmm. right now, I would be happy to take this uh, proposition. We have a lot of unsold mm-hmm. rooms. So, yeah, you know, the, so. the last room uh, last room value uh, is uh, zero. Um, yeah. So I'm happy to to take this also because of the long-term stay. You know, there's some uh, housekeeping services that are reduced. So you can say uh, every couple of days we'll, you know, we'll do a towel change and every week we do a full clean. And so mm-hmm. the costs are reduced. It's just cash to the bottom line. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it gives us again yielding uh, power on the nights that, uh, uh, on, on the basis that we're, we're creating. Right. Um, right. But again, Targeting a very specific audience. This is not yeah. for the, uh, and I don't think that person is there that travels 15 nights a month and uh, yeah, just needs to lock in a deal for a hotel room. But it is the beginning of that. And I, yeah. I do believe that it is out there. Why not? If you look at uh, at hotels, they, they contracted with tour operators for 60 euros a night. So why would they not be happy to contract with an individual for 60 euros a night for in exchange for a certain commitment? Well, and then like you own company. the relationship. You own the relationship, right? That's that's the most yeah. important thing, right? Yeah, and it's not about locking in. I, I see it as yeah. a partnership uh, with with somebody saying, okay, if yeah. you agree that you're going to be using Citizen M, and uh, you know, then there's something in exchange for that. Yeah. You just make it yeah. very. I've I've always found uh, I, I can no longer say I'm not from the hotel industry because I worked in it now for <laughs> a little bit over 20 years. But as an outsider in the beginning, I found corporate contracts intriguing. Mm. because big company contracts with a hotel they say okay you get this price because you're a big company you're committing to volume but the commitment is not even on a on a real piece of paper there's no penalties no there's a conversation there's threatening happening by sales manager if you don't reach your production by q q1 end of q1 we're going to reduce your price but does it really happen oh not really But yeah. if I tell yeah. Netflix, sorry, I want my money back because I didn't, you know, watch any movies. Uh, <laughs> good luck. You know, and I think that that's what it is. It's the, you know, the, the, the almost the human to human, uh, or the, right. yeah, the, the making corporate contracts B 2 C. And that's yeah, and uh, that's yeah. what this is. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. And it's a win-win for both, right? And and uh, moving from B 2 B to B 2 C, right? Uh, Or B2S, B2S, right? Uh, business to subscription, or, or uh, <laughs> how are we going to call it? But and it's interesting. Have you had a last question here before we wrap up? Have you had any um, uh, kind of pushback or, conver- or what kind of conversations did you have with the revenue management folks? Since most of the listeners here are, are kind of revenue management background, um, and you mentioned revenue management being the one that's typically um, you know less inclined to do something that's more fixed. Um, Any any comments on that or any any thoughts or conversations around that? Well, I think it's an ideal time to start this up because there's no pushback yeah. at the moment. Um, a couple of months ago, uh, the, uh, and I'm in charge of revenue management uh, myself <laughs> within the company. So, uh, yeah, it would have been a bit harder to have this conversation, but I think it's... Uh, It's something that we always, uh, you know, wanted to to do. And uh, at Citizen M, we, you know, we're going through a track at the moment pre-COVID to look at customer lifetime value and valuing mm-hmm. that rather than the transactional relationship, because mm-hmm. revenue managers are obsessed with the occupancy of yesterday, and not of the customer lifetime value of the people that were in your hotel yesterday. 
And I'm still amazed why everybody's complaining about the 15% cost of distribution of getting a reservation through an OTA. If it could be a customer that's going to stay with you for the next uh, three years, uh, 10 times. So if you do a good job of identifying those customers and putting them in brackets, then um, in, in the right buckets of uh, uh, customer lifetime value, then the subscription makes sense. So I think the revenue management uh, discipline needs to make a shift long-term impact. And mm -hmm. yeah, that is the most difficult thing for this hotel industry to go through in the relationship between the brands, the owners, uh, the, the, the managers, uh, how to get a long-term view on customer. Because... Yeah. You just have to look at the, um, you know, the, the valuation of the OTAs versus the valuation of hotel companies and the multiples they're getting on their EBITDAs to understand what it means to have customers than, rather than transactions. And yeah. I think that that is yeah. Um, yeah, where the ownership community needs to uh, jump in and uh, um, yeah, also weigh in their part in educating um, the hotel industry that the longevity of the relationship with your customers and your revenue streams. Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry. And, and if you take it even broader, I'm just thinking about uh, what, what Apple launched this week. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but um, first they've launched Fitness Plus, which is a fitness program subscription where you have virtual access to fitness classes and fitness courses, which is similar to Peloton and other companies. Um, and then they've also introduced a bundle where you can get the music plus the news plus the fitness uh, plus the uh, the TV screaming all in one bundle. So 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 uh, if you think about Apple five years ago or ten years ago and where it's now, Apple is becoming more and more of a subscription subscription company with a recurring revenue stream from more and more sources, rather than a and and that's backed obviously by their technology ecosystem and the, and the, and the technology that the hardware that they have. But where they're really making the money is is not so much by selling the phones, but generating that recurring revenue stream that comes with the services. No, absolutely. Can you imagine that you're responsible for sales within Apple and you've had good years, but you also know that something can happen where nobody buys a hardware device anymore yeah. in an economic exactly. crisis, and then uh, you have a recurring revenue. And I yeah. think at the, I was maybe the dumbest guy in the hotel industry. I was having a conversation with, uh, um, um, you know, the one of our, one of our shareholders about. Um, you know, long stay. Why? Why is the value of? Uh, I didn't understand why he would get fifteen hundred dollars in rent for an apartment if he could also rent it out on Airbnb and get five thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And he said because the multiple on a contract for a year is just much better than a promise of a one night sale. So, but it's mm -hmm. so it's so secure. You always sell out 90% in a big city. Why, you know, people living there are people renting it out for a night. And now I think back, you know, COVID came and the hotel occupancy said, you know, dropped by 90%. Uh, Rev mm -hmm. bars were down 90%. Revenue mm -hmm. was gone. I'm not saying that you could have held on to all your revenues, but at least you could have, you know, hold on to your customer base. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very interesting conversation. Um, uh, I really appreciate, you know, coming up on, on a very short notice onto the, the podcast. Um, I've been fascinated with the whole subscribe, sub, subject of subscription-based models uh, for quite a while. And I'm really, really excited to see uh, you guys at Citizen M again, you know, being the first in the industry, you've been pioneers in many other areas, but being again, one of the first in the industry to, uh, to move into that. So I'll be interested to continue the conversation maybe in a few months and see how it's been going. No, absolutely. I uh, would love yeah. to I'll keep you posted. Yeah, of course. Thanks Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for coming and uh, good luck. Uh, thanks a lot.
Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes linked to the episode. Help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.